Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It's Thursday, July 20th, 2023. And today we continue in Matthew's uh, Gospel, Matthew chapter 15, with the feeding of the 4,000. It's an interesting context in Matthew. Uh, we'll, we're going to hear the same account, uh, but as told by Mark for our gospel on Sunday. So this will be a little bit of catechesis to get you ready uh, to hear God's word on Sunday as well. Okay, um, But I think the context is slightly different in Mark, so it's worth our looking at Matthew. With that, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Prayer psalm together, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their measuring line goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The just decrees of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, let's say our memory verse for the week together. Our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Romans 6, verses 6 through 7. Let me try it again. Our old man was crucified with, with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Romans 6, verses 6 through 7. Sacrament of Holy Baptism from the Catechism. What does such baptizing with water indicate? Answer, it indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance 
be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Our first reading today is from Isaiah chapter 41. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions, and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel, I will help you, says the Lord, and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them, the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Poor and needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry lands or dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree, the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the holy or that the hand of the Lord has done this, and the Holy One of Israel has created it. So uh, when we talk about salvation, this might come up on Sunday a little bit too, when we talk about salvation, it doesn't function in the ways of this world, in the, in the ways of nature, I would even say, or um, according to you, human arrangement. Right? Now sometimes the scripture describes God's relation to us in terms of um, uh, human understanding. So for example, back in Romans 6, with our memory verse, you had our, the relationship we have to God because of our sin is being described as slavery, right? And then being set free from sin, okay? Now that's uh, earlier in that chapter, and we'll hear this on Sunday. Uh, St. Paul says that this is um, speaking in human terms, right? Now, uh, God actually operates and in other terms, right? Not according to our terms, but according to his terms. And according to his terms, everything needed for salvation is given, right? It's not a transaction. It's not a tit for tat. It's not you do this and I do that, quid pro quo, right? But instead, um, the good news, the uh, optimistic view is that the Lord has chosen you and me, right? And because he has chosen you and not cast you away, 
Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand, who he names later the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. That's Jesus. Right? He even calls us a worm, but it doesn't matter. And then notice how he even transforms um, Jacob to become this uh, threshing sledge, um, which is quite interesting too, right? So God will be God regardless of our uh, hmm, attempts to get in the way of that. And that is good news for us um, who are being saved, right? All right, speaking of things not going according to human terms, Matthew chapter 15. Remember the context before we read. We had the, uh, the Canaanite woman come to him three times imploring Jesus to heal um, her daughter, right? And that third time even being willing to be called a dog. And yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. That's the context. And uh, makes sense then what we'll see here from Matthew. Now, Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. Then his disciples said to him, Where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now those who ate were four thousand men besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude, got into the boat, and came to the region of Magdala. Hey, that's appropriate, given that we recognized St. Mary Magdalene last night. That's Mary from Magdala. Um, Oh, one other bit of context that we didn't mention was after the whole interchange with the Canaanite woman and uh, eating the crumbs that fall from the master's table, uh, Jesus went up onto a, a high mountain for prayer, right? And the crowds came and gathered around him, bringing blind, lame, maimed, um, and mute, and many others. And, of course, he healed them, to which they marveled, all right? Now we find out that's been for a while, right? He, he sees them all, and he has compassion on them. Why? As Matthew records here, and uh, Mark agrees, by the way, which we'll hear on Sunday, that they had continued with him for three days and had nothing to eat. Why three days? Hmm. It's not always true, but it's always worth considering. If we hear on the third day or after three days or four three days like this, the day of resurrection, right? New life, new strength, new powers. Um, notice what Jesus says would happen um, for their physical bodies, what his concern is, the reason he has compassion that they would faint on the way if he sent them away hungry. Uh, is it something more significant than just bodily hunger? Maybe. Although the feeding of the 5,000, it's explicit in John's Gospel that um, that miracle was given to teach about um, Jesus as the bread of life in whom um, his word nourishes us daily. Maybe not. Maybe here it's more, uh, is just uh, bodily healing is what's in mind. And that's a distinction between the two feeding miracles. So, what did the disciples ask? Of course, where can we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? All right. uh, it is kind of a strange question, right? Because it was just in the last chapter we heard Jesus have uh, feed the 5,000 along with their women and children. And that he couldn't do it again? 
they thought it was a one-off. Um, there's probably a little bit more to it as well. Hadn't Jesus fed Israel in the wilderness for 40 years with manna? Yeah. Um, I would suggest, even if you want to push this a little bit further, if there had even been um, bakers, you know, with their bread stands, they're ready at hand, they still would have doubted that Jesus could take care of their problem. They're right by the sea, um, and they, they're concerned about food. Of course, we'll see that come up later with the great catch of fish, right? Seven loaves and a few, few little fish. That's all they've got. So, um, he commands the multitude to, verse 35, sit down on the ground, right, on the grass. And what did Jesus do with the seven loaves uh, and the fish? He talked about this fourfold action uh, that uh, Bruner pointed out, and I think eh, it's a fair way to remember. Four things, right? He takes them, he gives thanks, he breaks them, and he gives them to the disciples, who then gives them to the multitude, just like with the 5,000 here with the 4,000, and just like we'll see in the institution of the Lord's Supper later on, right? He takes, he gives thanks, he breaks, and he gives. Right? Those are the four verbs of, um, you might say even sacramental eating, if you want. All right, what's the crowd do? They ate it <laughs> and were satisfied, right? Filled. How many leftovers were collected here? Different than before. I think we had 12 baskets at the 5,000 here. We have seven large baskets full. And of course, again, 4,000 men besides their women and children ate. Where did Jesus go afterwards? I already mentioned. To Magdala, right? Why Magdala? I don't know. It's nearby. <laughs> uh, we'll find out in the next account with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, just like with the 5,000, so with the 4,000, after Jesus performs this, then they will ask for a sign, not seeing that he had just performed that sign. Hmm? All right, let's summarize it. The Pharisees had complained that the disciples were eating with unclean hands, but the Canaanite woman had pleaded for the crumbs that fell from the master's table. The compassionate Lord sees the crowd that has continued with him for three days and feeds their weary bodies. The number 4,000 reminds us of the full joy of the gospel for all the nations of the earth, who will be fed by the one who rose again on the third day. He who died and rose again has given to his church the abundant bread of life in the supper that he distributes to his church through the unclean hands of those in the office of the holy ministry. It is this bread that gives us the Sabbath rest symbolized by the seven baskets of leftovers. Sabbath rest in the bread. Hence, uh, receiving the Lord's Supper each Sabbath day. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week, All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall.
in dreadful bondage keeps guilt we draw our infant breath and reap its fruits of war and death from hearts depraved from evil throne the thoughts and of sin alone, God's image lost, the darkened soul, seeks not nor finds its heavenly goal. But Christ the second Adam came to bear our sin and woe and shame. our only stay. As by one man all mankind fell, and born in sin was doomed to hell, so by one man who took our place, we all were justified by grace. We thank you, Christ, new life is ours, new life, new hope, new strength, new powers, this grace on every way attend, until we reach our journey's All right, we have a commemoration today. Let me grab my book. We'll share a meditation on this day for the holy prophet Elijah. Elijah was the Lord's great prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel, mostly during the reign of the evil king Ahab, 874 to 853. It is a great comfort that at, the t at a time when the nation had outwardly embraced idolatry and sought to worship Yahweh as one God among many, the true God did not abandon his people, but sent to them a mighty prophet to call them to repentance. Elijah and his successor Elisha were great miracle-working prophets, prefiguring our Lord's own miracles. It is, however, instructive to note the differences. Both Elijah and Elisha pray that a dead child be restored to life. Both children are raised from the dead. Jesus, however, doesn't pray. He simply speaks and causes the dead to live. Elijah was a mighty man of prayer. He asked God that it not that it not rain, and for three years no rain fell upon Israel. He gathered Ahab and all the false prophets to a mighty confrontation on Mount Carmel. He urged them to call upon their false god, Baal, to accept the sacrifice they had prepared by sending fire from heaven. Silence was the only answer, for Baal is no true god. Then he prepared a sacrifice for Yahweh and called upon his name, and fire fell from heaven and consumed the offering. The people were moved to confess, Yahweh, he is God. Elijah then prayed for rain to come again upon the land, and it did. Yet, even as he was exulting in this stupendous revelation of the true God's power 
Ahab's wicked wife Jezebel sent the prophet a message that he was now under the death warrant. In fear and trembling, Elijah fled to the wilderness. An angel sustained him with miraculous food, and he finally made his way to Horeb, the mountain of God. A mighty wind and fire shook the mountain. God finally spoke in a quiet whisper. In the face of the prophet's despair over the outcome of his ministry, God sent him back with more promises. He wasn't done with Elijah yet. He was to anoint two kings and the man who would be his successor, Elisha. At the end of his life, the miracles continued. Elijah, with his servant Elisha, crossed the Jordan after striking it with the rolled-up cloak. Elijah was then swept up into heaven by horses and chariots of fire. Swing low, sweet chariot. (laughs) Elijah's cloak fell back to the earth, and a double portion of Elijah's spirit then rested upon Elisha. Malachi foretold that Elijah was to come again before the time of Messiah. Jesus explained that John the Baptist fulfilled this prophecy by coming in the power and spirit of Elijah. Yet, Elijah did also appear with our Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration. For this prophet, in whom the Spirit worked so mightily, and who yet knew the discouragement of rejection and hatred, the Church renders her thanks this day. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, through the prophet Elijah, you continued the prophetic pattern of teaching your people the true faith and demonstrating through miracles your presence in creation to heal it of its brokenness. Grant that your church may see in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the final end times prophet, whose teaching and miracles continue in your church through the healing medicine of the gospel and the sacraments. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pray the Collect for the Week. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft into our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray this day in Thanksgiving with Ansel celebrating his birthday, with John, Ashton, and Brandon celebrating um, their baptism, with Greg and Sharon celebrating their anniversary, with all the households of our church, especially this week with Doug and Lisa, Sean, Kyle, Jason, Jeannie, and Eric. Pray for our catechumens, Christian, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly, that they uh, persevere in their instruction, even now in the summer. Um, and that they become regular and faithful attenders to divine service. Also with our adult catechumens, Ali, Dasha, and Teresa. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Joe, Melanie, Kelsey, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, Jim, Pat, Wendell, and Darlene. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. We pray for the missions and mercy work, of our church and community, especially for that of Safe Harbor in Sheboygan. Continue to pray for Dasha that she find new housing, for Matt's mom Donna being treated for stroke, and for Lydia who had outpatient surgery. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and... Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's the Congregation of Prayer for today, Thursday, July 20th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here. And I hope you can join us again in the morning, 9 a.m. Each day we pray together. If not, um, be sure to uh, download or take home your blue sheet from church and pray uh, throughout the week so that uh, you can be built up and edified in, through God's Word, through catechesis, um, through our hymnody, and of course through prayer. All right, Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. You're welcome. And I'll see you again tomorrow. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.